everyone, my name is Jordi Mueller and welcome to 2020 Empower Women Series first event. Uh, today we are talking about a topic that is kind of like fitting for to start the year, which is the power of simplicity. And I am lucky enough to have two people that I think exemplify that and they have decided to kind of like make one of them as a part of a hobby to start teaching this to people and the other one kind of like full time. Uh, so Susan, Pitsy, how are you guys doing today? Great, thanks. <laughs> thanks for having us on, Jordy. And uh, we're playing with one microphone, so it's like it's a little funny to see like the the moving situation here in the office. But I want to start with one question or one comment that I noticed when I was reading both of your bios, and it was it was this uh, kind of like play of words, which said chronically disorganized people, and the the way it kind of like hit me was, okay, if it's chronically disorganized, it's incremental, right? Uh, that means there was a start and it's kind of getting worse. Disorganized is it's a subjective, right? It's some people said, no, I'm organized in my head. That you just visually don't see how organized I am. But it, it kind of gave me hope that everybody that is categorized as, this, as chronically disorganized has um, a way of solving that. And I'm going to direct this question to you, Susan, because this is something in your biography. Sure. I am, in uh, fact, a proud uh, member of the Institute for Challenging Disorganization. Oh, wow. Uh, for those okay. with chronic disorganization. Um, one of the first questions I ask a potential client is, how long has this been going on? And that's the chronic part. Is yes. this uh, Has this been a lifelong struggle? Um, many folks with brain-based issues like ADD or ADHD uh, throughout their lives have struggled with this disorganization. They've come up with all sorts of great ways to manage it that have worked for a while, but it's often a transition in life that those uh, kind of pasted together things don't really work anymore. Um, as opposed to somebody who has just gone through a major transition, yeah. uh, maybe it's a move or a divorce or the loss of a loved one, and that disorganization um, was very much related to that incident. So there are different skill sets uh, and different approaches I take with, with either kind. What was the first thing that you thought when you, when you heard this term? I think chronically disorganized, um, as you mentioned, it's a little bit subjective. Um, my sister who loves to do fashion art. And when I look at her studio, I'm like, how do you even function in this space? And somehow she does. Whereas for me, my idea of disorganization has a little bit more space to it that most people wouldn't even consider that to be disorganized. So it really is almost a perspective of where we're coming from. But I think in the end is that when it comes to that place where it's bringing up stress, where it might be even affecting your health, where it gets to those extremes, that's when then we need to be honest with ourselves and take that second look. Hmm. Yeah. I, I think when people... and. At least it happened to me. When you hear for the first time simplicity or the power of simplicity, um, the book from Mary Kondo comes to mind, which is like everybody talks about, does this bring me joy? Does this doesn't bring me joy? And then you like pass it or, or let it go emotionally. Uh, I actually did that myself at some point. Uh, it was through a transition in life. It was not something that I just decided one day to do it. It happened to me. And I said, oh, I have the opportunity to like not bring all these things with me. Let's just kind of like let them go emotionally. 
and I did the van, like the van thing. Every if it can fit in my car, that's all I need, right? And I started like that. Two years later, three years later, I needed like four cars to fit everything I had, right? <laughs> so I'm assuming this is something that happens to everybody. They have the first intention to do this, and something happens, and they cannot continue it. So why is that? Yeah, well, I think um, you you point on the whole concept of awareness yep. and intentionality. We can be lulled so easily uh, by all of the side benefits of acquisition, the, yep. uh, the quick endorphin release, uh, the onboard, so what will I do? I'll go out and buy something. The advertisement, which yeah. billions of dollars are spent convincing us we need to buy the next, the newest, the best, the brightest, uh, so that we become kind of mindless. So it's really a mindful behavior of thinking, pausing, and thinking about, do I need this? How is it going to impact my life? Do I have a place for it? Yeah. Is it replacing something else? Could I get it another way? Borrow it? Uh, perhaps from someone? Do I really need to bring this into my life now? Yeah, and I, I think this is a great transition to the reason why we are having this conversation today, which is having, I, I'm going to call it clutter, so sorry for those listening. I know it's a negative word, but I'm going to call it clutter. Um, when you get to a stage that you have a lot of clutter in your life, it starts creating stress, starts creating lack of thought, it starts creating uh, not peaceful around you. And that is kind of like why we're having this conversation today here. How do you know you are in trouble? It's a tough one. They're looking at each other. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I think everyone is an individual. Um, I know for myself, when I look at a particular space and there's that part, like there's a reaction in my body that whether I shudder or I look away quickly, like I know I'm in trouble. That space is causing a reaction inside me. What What is it about that that is causing that reaction? And then hopefully I have that intentionality, as Susan just said, to, to address it. So now I'm aware of that reaction and now it's what I do with it. And the why I do it is because maybe that reaction being what I would consider negative doesn't feel good, right? Yeah. And so what we want is those feelings of peace. We yeah. want those pe feelings of relaxation, but we have to sometimes do something in order to achieve that. Yeah. I, I, I think, Susan, you mentioned this phrase or, or this quote during the conversation today about happiness is a place uh, between too little and too much. Exactly. And, and that's that's very personal. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's uh, each individual gets to decide that the same way what may look like a disorganized space to someone may feel just right to the person who's living in it. It's when it becomes uncomfortable. Hmm. Uh, you get those physical sensations. It's not working for you anymore. That's time to change. Um, I, I heard a lot about baby steps. Today, um, after talking to a few people that attended the conversation, they all had like the one or two baby steps to do. Is that the way to correct this or to get into the right path with baby steps? It depends on the individual. Uh, there are those who wade gently into the cold ocean and others that say, I'm just going to dive in. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing yourself is probably the absolute 
first condition for anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, baby steps and really baby. There's a concept of kaizen mm-hmm. uh, from Japanese industry, which is break it down to the absolute tiniest thing that you can do. And maybe it's touch the doorknob of your closet. Yeah. Okay. And then the next day you open your closet. You want to get to the point where you're doing things that there's no impediment to doing. And that those are the baby steps that can move you forward. For those listening right now, how many of you just have this image in your head of that Friends episode when Monica and Chandler, or Chandler actually, suddenly finds out this closet full of all the clutter that Monica has accumulated through 10 years? And it's kind of like, whoa, that was my way. That was her way of saying I'm organized except here and nobody knows about it and I'm never going to open it. That's exactly when you were describing that. <laughs> I was like, that is coming to my head. Um, but, but, but anyway, uh, your, your, your perception of this baby steps, Pixie, what, what's, what's your take? Well, I think it's really important to have a sense of success. And those baby steps, however we break it down, and again, that can be very individual, as Susan said, um, if you can break it down into manageable bites where you achieve some form of success, where you see a difference, feel a difference, um, have that sense of accomplishment, whatever that is for you, that's the mojo to then go to the next step. And I would say with baby steps is... um, If you take one baby step and absorb it and make it part of you, Susan spoke um, during our presentation about habits, right? We are creatures of habit and we are creatures of hoarding and collecting as much as we can be then creatures of letting go and um, decluttering. So whatever that means for you, Right. You take that baby step, you absorb it, become it becomes part of you. It becomes that habit. But now it's a positive habit. When that feels good, that's going to take you to the next step. Yeah. Um, I I remember having a conversation and and it it was through Empower Women series. I'm trying to remember with who specifically, but it came. um, It it was a powerful way of like figuring out what you do and where you put your energy on a daily basis. And I think that the way it was distributed was like the places you go, the places you live in, the places you work in, and then the same for people you kind of like interact to, people you live with, people you work with, uh, things you go to, things that live around you. So it was those three kind of like axes. And that really helped me because I always thought if I clean my office and my house, I'll be fine. (laughs) If I declutter the, my, the spaces that I spend the most time, it'll be fine. And then I realize, oh my God, I drive a lot and my car is a mess. And then I realized that was like a huge part of my stress. And then the kitchen or another part of my house that I kind of like was just a pass through. It was like you said, and I was avoiding that part. I was not opening the closet. I was not touching the, nor- the, the doorknob. And once I kind of like put them in that access, it helped me a lot to figure that out. I'm assuming that's something you also see when you're talking with your clients. Oh, absolutely. Um, We're holistic beings. And it's impossible uh, and not wise to try and um, bifurcate ourselves into my work persona and my home persona. Um, What makes us happy 
is is going to be universal through our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to really clarifying the why. Yeah. Am I cleaning up or organizing or tidying my office because I'm supposed to? Or am I doing it because this year I am going to achieve a level of growth I haven't had before? Mm-hmm. And to do that, I need to have all of my uh, information at hand. I need to have a clear mind. I have to have clarity of focus. And so cleaning up is a part of that big why. Yeah. Um, everybody knows Mark Zuckerberg, uh, not popular person right now, but at some point um, he was admired by the way he, um, not just like the creation of his company, but the way he approached that work-life balance work, for example, wearing the same t-shirt every day or the same type of t-shirt, the same type of pants. It was just about taking the stress out of the situations that he didn't consider to be important. Um, I personally did it for a little bit. Probably people in the office didn't like it. Uh, uh, or at the gym. <laughs> it was like the same couple of shirts every couple of days. But it, did, it does help. And it's amazing how much pressure it takes out of decision making. And the less decisions we make, the more time you have for yourself. And, and those are easy solutions, right? I'm assuming you also talk about this with your clients. Oh, absolutely. Um, Zuckerberg is a great example. Yeah. Elizabeth Warren yeah. does that on the campaign trail. She's yeah. got her, her look down, yeah. uh, very simple, and it's it's an identity that people can relate to. The more decisions that we can turn into uh, habits or rituals yeah. and don't have to put so much energy into making the decision, I think the easier and simpler. Yeah. Do you mind expanding that on like... How to create a habit? How to create a habit? Uh, you have to do it more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Takes a long time. Well, it's a 21-day thing theory, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, um, which is great. You have to also be um, very aware mm-hmm. uh, in the beginning of why you're doing it. It may be fun because it's new and different, and you'll, I'm going to work out every day, and you'll do that. Until January sixteenth, we're almost in January sixteenth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but the awareness of why am I doing this? Um, because I have a healthy body as my goal, yeah. and uh, not allowing excuses. You know, mm-hmm. um, keep your gym clothes in the car if they've. If you find you're like, oh, I ha- I'd go, but I just don't have my stuff with me. Uh, find a way to make you. that habit easy. Yeah, and, and I think that goes to something that you mentioned today, Pixie, which is not having resolutions, but having intentions uh, instead of resolutions. So why intentions and not resolutions? I think the more holistic, um, bigger picture that we can be, it doesn't become something that we kind of just... Um, hold our breath for, for a certain outcome that we think might end after a certain amount of time. But again, it becomes a part of who we are, right? So I also had mentioned something about um, evolution. So we are evolving beings. So every year we are a better version of ourselves from the previous year, right? And that's an ongoing process, just like intentionality can be an ongoing process. So if in January, um, you look at that one space that you've been looking at that creates that negative feeling, maybe just look at that space and maybe try to approach that space and then let it breathe, right? It doesn't have to be that big, long list that goes on forever. And if I don't do it, then 
I've fallen off the horse and my resolution is broken, right? Yeah. I said, okay, I'm going to let this breathe. Then you maybe move on to the next when that time feels right. Hmm. So it's an ongoing process. It's not one and done. And so and this, this question is for both of you. Um, I know, I mean, dozens of people that have this conversation of like, I have too much stress. I need to like clean or tidy up my home or like get rid of stuff or like downsize. In our business, we hear a lot of downsize, especially after an emptiness. And I think what's missing in the conversation is like, what are the benefits that you're going to feel after you do it? Like not just do it, but like this is what's probably going to happen after. So do you mind talking a little bit about that, what people are going to start noticing after they start decluttering their life? Ooh, tough one. Okay. <laughs> well, that's, there's so many things. Yeah. Um, thinking about uh, different clients that I've worked with that have found uh, themselves <laughs> under all that stuff. Uh, so much of the stuff was acquired because they were supposed to. Their <laughs> neighbors did. Their girlfriends did. It wasn't true to who they were. I think that finding that authenticity is mm -hmm. a big piece of it. Um, as well, of course, as the simplicity yeah. so that you can put your beautiful mind to activities and projects and thoughts that are going to bring something special to the yeah. world. Hmm. I think you talk a little bit about simplicity vampires. This is where it falls into. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I, I want to sort of add to that is um, we also talked about how stress is like 95% of what causes some of our illnesses and diseases. And, you know, usually we think of illnesses and diseases like the big stuff, right? Well, what about the undercurrent that where maybe some of us are not even aware of yeah. just by living in environments that are not harmonious, that don't really support our best um, being right. That don't bring peace and joy. So that undercurrent right there is almost like we're living in an unconscious flight of fright. Right. And what does that do? Well, that raises cortisol. And Susan, you mentioned that. And then that also leads to other things. Right. So the idea is why are we in that unconscious fright or flight? And why is that okay? Okay, when there are those baby steps that you can take, yeah. and um, and and options, opportunities, possibilities that can get us out of that into a more peaceful space. Hmm. Um, towards, I, I want to start like maybe closing the conversation because honestly, this particular conversation is like personal to me. I I tend to try to preach this with people like you don't need this much like you can definitely get rid of a lot of stuff you have and not necessarily for the social benefits of it but more specifically for the personal benefits that you'll get out of it um where i struggle mostly when i'm having that conversation with people around me is this is something you can start doing tomorrow instead of planning right so what is the one thing people can start doing tomorrow Wow. Uh, bring your own water bottle. <laughs> that's a great you know? one. Yeah. <laughs> that that's, that uh, saves the planet. That's good for you. It's yeah. good for the planet. Yeah. You don't have uh, then the creation of trash, yeah. perhaps in your car, that you have to remember to get out of your car yeah. uh, and then forget about and it goes under the seat. So that one tiny little step has so many ramifications um, awesome. of good bennies. That's a great one. Thank you for that one. I'll add to that um, a little more broad level is that if you look around any space you're in, your office, your home, your car, 
anything that you might classify as a don't. I don't need this. I don't like it. I don't have use for it. You haven't touched it. Anything that's classified as a don't must go. Where? That depends. Where does it go? You can donate it, share it with a friend if it still has useful life. Maybe someone else could make use of it and it becomes now a blessing to somebody else. Um, When I'm working with clients, that's my first layer of conversation and decluttering, right? Don't try to organize everything, right? Make space first so the don'ts must go. And then there'll be space to organize and handle and even just um, know what to do with the rest of the stuff. Um, I'll throw one myself into the conversation here, okay. which is, uh, and we decided this is a family this Christmas holiday and uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to give material things anymore. Uh, we're going to give experiences. So it, was, it came because we were all getting the same things every year. And it just kind of, I mean, I love it. I, this, this shirt I'm wearing right now, I'm sure my mom gave it to me for the holidays, but uh, I don't need it. I prefer the experience. And I'm sure when you have presents for family, for friends, for neighbors, for kids, for parents, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, it just creates a more meaningful experience, but also declutters the, all the, the recipient's life. So anyway, that was like the only one I was going to say. Love it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to definitely uh, share your information in the podcast and we're going to have email and contact information. So feel free to reach out to both Susan and Pixie after this episode. And uh, thank you for being here. Thank you, Jordy. Yeah. And until next time, this was the Empower Women series of January. And my name is Jordy and have a great day. Mm-hmm.